Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. I am really excited because today we're going to talk about passive-aggressive people and how to identify if you're in a relationship with one or you work with one. You're going to find out the six main behaviors they display and hear examples of passive-aggressive behavior, both in a love relationship and at work. You're also going to learn that not all passive aggressives are actually full-blown hijackals. You're going to get all of this great information from my wonderful recurring guest, Dr. Roberta Shaler. As a relationship consultant, speaker, and author, Dr. Shaler, also known as the Relationship Help Doctor, provides urgent and ongoing care for individuals, couples, companies, and even the U.S. Marines. She works with the partners, exes, adult children, and co-workers of chronically difficult people, which she calls hijackals. And you may recall this from the episodes we did last July, um, which you can find on the website, by the way, ladyfoxentertainment.com slash listen. Go to the search bar and search on Roberta Shaler, and you'll be able to listen to those episodes. You can learn a lot more about Dr. Shaler and all of the books she's written. She's written 16 books. She also has her own radio show. Please go to her website, forrelationshiphelp.com, or visit hijackals.com to sign up and learn more about that. Welcome back, Dr. Shaler. Oh, thank you, Michelle. It's always great to be with you. So great to have you back. And this is such a good topic. I'm excited. Me too. I and mean, it's it's such an insidious thing. It's it kind of creeps over you when somebody's being passive aggressive and you your your gut goes sideways, but your mind says, Oh, they must have a good reason. They didn't really mean mm. that. <laughs> and so we have to start uh, having some tools and tips to know oh, there's a pattern there. It's a passive-aggressive pattern. Let me mark that one. Mm-hmm. So how are they in general different from a hijackal? Well, passive-aggressive people are, are not necessarily hijackals, but hijackals are all passive-aggressive. Mm-hmm. So passive-aggressive uh, has some hallmarks, which we're going to talk about today. And there are, there are 12, actually, but we're going to talk about six of them. Okay. And and passive-aggressive people simply are not confident around conflict. Their communication skills are not strong, and they don't have confidence in them. So they do things that are kind of sneaky and underhanded in an attempt to demonstrate what they don't want but are afraid to say. Mm-hmm. So I like that you used the word sneaky because that immediately made me connect to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know tons of people who pull strange things, you know, and you're like, what was that all about? Why didn't you just talk to me directly about that thing, whatever it was? And you said something interesting to me about them looking for power. Tell us about the difference between passive aggressives and hijackals when it comes to gaining power. Yes, uh, passive aggressive by the very nature of those two words means that the passive part wants you to be a mind reader and figure out what they want. And when you don't, or what they're trying to communicate, even though they're not communicating in any way that you could recognize it, uh, and then they make you wrong for not figuring it out. 
So that's, that's a passive aggressive person and a hijacker will do that, of course. But a hijacker is going to find fault with you for everything because they have to be perfect and they're always perfect, they're always right and they always <laughs> must win. Where a passive aggressive person will probably go into quiet resentment and if you say to them, you seem to be in quiet resentment, they will say to you, well, that's because you're around. Oh, yeah. So I see how the qualities definitely spill over into hijackal land. But um, I understand that they, they aren't always the same, because they're just trying to control like situations, right? Whereas a hijackal is trying to control you. Exactly. And the passive aggressive person mostly wants you to st- Stop asking them for something that they don't want to do or don't have to give you, but they will not tell you that because they will agree with you in the moment to avoid conflict. Mm. And even though they know the conflict's coming on the back end when they don't do it, they will continue to shove it off to a future date where a hijackal will want to have power over you this minute, this minute, this minute. Mm. Okay, interesting. So, and that makes a lot of sense, the passive piece where they'll keep putting it off and dragging things out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the hallmarks of passive aggressive people, one of the six things we're going to talk about is that very thing you're mentioning is they really are unwilling to speak their truth openly, kindly, and honestly. Mm-hmm. That's so frustrating. You know, and I used to think that it was a matter of, you know, where you're from. Like I used to say, oh, I'm from back east, so I'm a straight shooter. I always say it like it is. I tell it direct and that kind of thing. But that I've learned over the years is not true. That was a myth that I had in my own head because I feel like passive aggressive people are everywhere. Oh, yeah, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you've been brought up in a situation where it was unsafe to say what you wanted or what you were thinking or what you didn't want, then you'll learn to shuck it off and say, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Or, yeah, sure, I heard you or whatever as a child. And you hope that mom or dad will forget that they asked you to do that. And then, you know, they come and find you in your bedroom and they say, why didn't you do that? And they say to um, And you answer with, we are always on my case. Right? They don't have a straight answer because they're going to blame you for their lack of ability and willingness to speak their truth in the moment. So is this another trait potentially that they do not have accountability or take responsibility for things that they have not followed through on? Oh, absolutely, because you're supposed to have read their mind to know that they didn't (laughs) want to do it in the first place. So then when you come to them and say, well, you didn't do it, they never intended to do it anyway. But when you say you didn't do it, then they, they can't own that because that's their greatest fear that they're going to be put down. So they turn it on you. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you didn't remind me or um, you should have known that I really didn't have time for this. Yeah. So an example that I use in um, in my book, my ebook, Stop, That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game, I use this example. And uh, it's from my own life (laughs) because I was previously married to a very passive aggressive hijackal, Mm -hmm. um, the source of all my wisdom in some ways. I love it. Uh, He's making you a (laughs) successful career woman now. (laughs) Uh, I was then too, which he absolutely hated. Oh yeah, they hate that. They hate. But because I was on the road speaking so much, I said to him one one Saturday morning, I said, 
you know, I'm, I'm not coming home until tonight and I really need my, or I said it on Friday, I really need my dry cleaning picked up on Saturday because they're not open on Sunday. And I fly in on Saturday night and I fly out on Monday morning. So I really need it. Could you possibly pick up my dry cleaning? Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, sure. And knowing him as well as I did, I said, I just really want to know for sure that you get how important it is to me because I need to have fresh things to take to the speaking gig. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. No worries. So I come home on Saturday night. I look in the closet. Where's my dry cleaning? So I go to him and I said, uh, I can't seem to find the dry cleaning. Which cover did you put in it? His response. If you think I don't have more important things to do than wow. errands for you, you're nuts. Wow. <sighs> There you right. go. That's passive aggressive. Yeah. I mean, I saw it coming. I didn't realize it would be delivered in such a nasty way. Oh, sure. Because then they have a little power. Now, mm -hmm. you know, it's your fault. Ugh. All right. So that is a wonderful example of passive aggressiveness. I'm sure people out there listening are like, oh, yes, I've dealt with people like that. Um, let's go into these. You said there are 12 things to help you identify a passive aggressive if it's not that obvious, like that example. But there are six main things that you were going to share today. Let's dive into those now. Okay, well, the first one I mentioned, they're unwilling to speak their truth openly, kindly, and honestly. Mm -hmm. And when you ask them for their opinion or you ask them to do something, they give you the answer they think you want. And then you find out later that it is completely made up. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And I have been there too. Oh, yes, of course I'll do that thing for you. I would never let you down. And then I get let down. <laughs> yeah, so so they say yes when they really mean no way. Mm -hmm. So this is assertive, unassertive behavior. Wow. So they the the behavior is no way, and you confuse people, and they make and you become untrustworthy. They don't trust you anymore, and then you get distanced from them, and that's the very thing you're afraid of. So passive aggressive people want to feel close. But they don't have a safety factor to know how, and they want to feel safe, but they don't know how to communicate and manage conflict, so they defer, they deflect, they distract. So they mm -hmm. say, yeah, sure, I'll do that, no problem. Mm -hmm. And they really sound like they will, but they so have no intention of doing it. They just don't want you to be displeased with them in the moment. Right. So it's not really people-pleasing behavior, because the intention behind it is not to actually please that person. It's just to deflect. Exactly. Yeah. Put it off and not have to deal with the conflict or the fear or the anxiety of telling the truth. Yikes. What else? What else should we look for? Procrastination. Passive aggressive people procrastinate. Put it off. Put it off. Put yes, it off. I'll do it. Get off my back. Look, I said I'd do it, didn't I? You know. <laughs> there are times when I've waited months for something that I was promised. Months. And it still never happened. Yeah, exactly. So eventually just let it go. I was like, this is never going to happen. I'm just not going to ask about it again. Well, and there's a very big amount of wisdom in knowing when to fold and when to hold, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, because it, when we're in relationship with people, we have to learn about them. Maybe somebody's 
you know, sometimes passive aggressive. We're all passive aggressive sometimes in our lives. But when there's a pattern of passive aggression, then you really have to get into it. You have to say, okay, look, if I ask this person to do it and they tell me they will, and, and silly me believes that they will, and then I'm let down, and then I'm angry at them, and then we have a fight. How many times are you going to go through that pattern before you stop? Right. Right? So right. procrastination is a big deal. They're always putting it off. Why are they putting it off? A, maybe they don't think that they can do it well enough to please you, so they're not going to do it at all. B, it gives them some semblance of power that they don't have to do what they don't want to do. Three, they can make you wrong because <laughs> get off my back. You're being an egg. You're oh, being the problem. Exactly. So procrastination is a really big deal. And that flipping around of the blame, too. Hijackals do that a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, remember, everything we're saying about passive-aggressive people, hijackals do okay. and do it better. <laughs> They're masters of it. <laughs> That's right. Okay, what else besides procrastination? Complaining. They love to complain that other people treat them unfairly. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking responsibility for stepping up and speaking their truths, they set themselves up as the innocent victim. <laughs> and they say, other people, are they're hard on me. They're unfair. They expect too much. They're unreasonable. They're excessively demanding. I've bent over backwards for this person. Yes, and nothing pleases them. Yes, no one can make them happy. Yes. <laughs> so, so this complaining and this victim stance all the time can be, and not always, can be a good red flag to know that you're dealing with a passive-aggressive person. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure that you'll share some more examples. If anything pops into your head as we're going through these, please feel free to share, too. Because like I have a billion scenarios going through my head from past work relationships to uh, romantic relationships. I'm, my head's spinning with scenarios <laughs> that I'm seeing. Well, I think that that will happen for our listeners today, Michelle, because... Yep. You know, we're going through life and maybe we're not passive aggressive. And it's like this, you know, if you see a brilliant red sports car in a exotic magazine and it costs a fortune and you've never seen one before and you think, I'm going to treat myself, I'm going to have that. And so you wait and wait and wait months for the dealer to get it and you drive it off the lot. And on the way home, you see six of them. That's what happens when something, when we have a pattern in our mind for something, we can see it. Yeah. But until we have the pattern in our mind, we don't see it. So right. once we begin to learn that this is passive aggressive behavior, we get a pattern. And that's, that's why I wrote the book, Stop That's Crazy Making, yeah. because you can then see the patterns. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that will help you recognize it and know it's not you because they're always going to blame you. Right. Okay. Number four. Okay. Number, number four then is sulking, withdrawing, and pouting. <laughs> the silent treatment? The silent treatment. Exactly. And that is, that is one of the levels of anger, the cold shoulder. One of the levels of anger, I, I teach a lot of anger management because we have to understand that 
what's going on within us, both from a biological perspective and an emotional, social, and mental perspective. But they definitely sulk, withdraw, and pout. They complain that others are unreasonable and they don't have any empathy when they expect me to live up to my promises and my obligations or even my duties. <laughs> right? Like, what's wrong with you people? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you mean you expect me to do what the company says? You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just had a scenario pop into my head of um, someone who got so pouty and so sulky and withdrew and said, I need the night to myself. As a matter of fact, I need the whole week to myself. I need some space. And you guess, know, and guess what, honey? You can have your whole life to yourself. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Your whole life. Take it. <laughs> yeah, all the space I, I'd you be want. happy to give it back to you because <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, that's a really annoying behavior. And that's that's a good, easy identifier, I think, for people listening, too, because a lot of people, I, I'm sure, have experienced somebody who does that at work, too. A lot of people get their dander up at work and they'll just charge away from the office and be irritable and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, and go and tell the story. He done me wrong. Ain't it awful? You know, can you imagine this happened to me of all mm. people? Mm -hmm. Right? So this sulking and withdrawing and pouting. And I was teaching my anger management class, oh, about 15 years ago. And, and it was in, live and in person. And this fellow said to me, well, how long does the average woman give a guy the cold shoulder in a marriage? And I looked at him and said, how long does she go without speaking to you? And he said, about six weeks. <gasps> Whoa. And I said to him, well, that's unfortunate. You really need to come and see me together so we can talk about it. Because either she doesn't know how to talk to you and she's afraid of your response, or she doesn't really understand that she has the right to her feelings and can express them. Mm -hmm. So the only thing she knows to do is to wield this cold shoulder and silent treatment until you get so frustrated or it's so painful for you that you acquiesce. Mm. And this is just causing you endless resentment and she's not happy, but she doesn't know what else to do. So let's get some skills and get things out on the yeah. table. Yeah. What a nasty cycle. Well, yes, but it happens a lot. And in certain cultures, it happens more than in others. Interesting. And so you've seen which cultures does this happen most often? Well, p there are two cultures in general, you know, people who come from what we call an individualistic culture, which is that I as an individual am absolutely free to do what I want and to live by the consequences of my experiences and my choices. And then there are other cultures who are what we call collectivist cultures, which the family is more important than the individual. Mm -hmm. So it tends to happen in the collectivist cultures more than in the individualist culture that if I'm trying to sway the family in some direction, family being either my partner or everybody in my family, and I don't talk to anybody, I'm hoping they'll come and get me. It's very passive aggressive. That's fascinating stuff because I'm thinking about people I know and whether and trying to, in my head, be like, is this somebody from a collective type of culture? Yes. You know what I mean? In most cases, the passive aggressives who have I, de I have dealt with do come from that, where it's like the family, the immediate circle of friends are most important. Right. 
Interesting. Yeah, so so when that's happening, then uh, the silent treatment means, well, she's not speaking to us. What do you think we should do? You know, how long has it been? Should we go and talk to her? What do you think she needs? Should we send her flowers? Like, all, she's getting to be the center of attention without even speaking. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so imagine what that does to an interpersonal romantic partnership. Yeah. All of a sudden, Way everything worse. goes dead. Mm-hmm. And the other other person is saying, well, you know, the children are watching this. What are we going to do? Terrible example and such a power play unnecessary. Exactly. Exactly. A passive aggressive is a passive power play. Yuck. (laughs) So what else? We've got four down. All right. Number five is the unwillingness to give a straight answer. Hmm. A way that passive-aggressive people try to control others is to send mixed messages, messages that leave the other person completely unclear about their thoughts or their plans or their intentions. And then they make those people feel wrong when they tell them that what they took from the communication was not what they meant. Silly them, right? Wow. So it's again again a power a power game, and if you find that you're you're really unsure if you got an answer, <laughs> then you may be dealing with a passive aggressive person. Like non answers are not answers. So wow. here's here's the phrase that I tell my clients to use: always take it on yourself. You and I have had that conversation before. Yes. Always take it on yourself and say, can you help me? I'm confused. I'm not sure if you were saying this or this. And so basically nail them down, right? That can still be difficult if, if it's like a super high-level passive-aggressive or a hijackal. Oh, um, it, well, hijackals, it. It, won't, it won't work. But yeah. if you're with a passive-aggressive person, you can do that. Now, let me just put a caveat there. I just said it won't work with a hijackle. It still works with a hijackle because you are clarifying who you are and you're, you're broadcasting it to them. I am going to stick with this and get an answer. Whether they get angry or they're not, and they will get angry. Yes, they will. That, that doesn't matter so much as the fact that you're changing your behavior patterns. And for you to become assertive and clear and have strong boundaries with a hijackal or a passive-aggressive person with everybody in your life is very important. And it's very important to have the communication skills to do it without being shrill, without being harsh or cruel. My rule of communication is to have enough skills that you can be totally kind and totally honest at the same time. Mm -hmm. That can be tough. It's very tough. It is a skill set because I have approached situations, frustrating, difficult situations with that mindset of, okay, I am not going to allow this person to ruffle my feathers. I am going to be calm. I'm going to state my boundaries. I'm going to be very clear. I'm not going to be mean. And then it escalates because of the responses that I get from the passive aggressive or hijackal, which then sends me over the edge. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's not far to go, right? (laughs) No, because, because it can be so frustrating when you're really doing the work to, to clarify something and you still can't get that answer. Right. 
Right, right. You know, that whole idea of not being able to get a straight answer is crazy making. Yes, it is. Completely Very crazy. crazy making. And so you're in charge of whether you allow it to make you crazy once you realize that it's not you. Yes. Then you need skills. Exactly. Well, um, that's why I'm so thrilled to have you in my life and to have you here speaking with all the listeners about this because it's empowering. It's such a great skill set to have and to, to cultivate. I'm still working on it. Um, what is number Aren't six? Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, right? It's an ongoing challenge. Well, we don't want to be hypervigilant and always looking for somebody being passive aggressive or a hijacker. We want some time off for <laughs> yes. just normal interactions and semi- safe situations you mm, know? safe that is a key word yes we don't want to always be vigilant like is it a hijackal is it a passive aggressive right. person who's out to get me you know we right. can get quite paranoid yeah so we don't want to have to have that that hypervigilance but we also want to know that if somebody isn't giving us a straight answer we have the right to get a straight answer that's right and if they won't give us one then we have the right to know that they don't give us straight answers and then we can make a decision. Do I want to play this game or not? Right. Do I want that, to be in a relationship with this person? Do I want to work with this person? Sure. That's why my book is called uh, How to Quit the Passive Aggressive Game because mm -hmm. it is a game. Yeah. A yucky one. Oh, yeah. A not fun one. A not entertaining one. <laughs> no. A stressful one. <laughs> no, nobody's having a good time. Nobody. Not no. even the person who is passive aggressive. Right. But they somehow, in my mind, this has been been my experience, I feel like they get a little joy. Like I've seen a smirk happen when uh, a person pushes me past my edge and finally I just, I get to that point where I'm like, this is crazy. And I'm like, why aren't you hearing me? You know, that kind of thing. And they get a little bit of a joy out of seeing me lose it. Oh, they get a great deal of joy out of seeing you lose it because that is power. See, a hijacker will do that straight up, mm -hmm. but a passive-aggressive person is sneaky. Mm -hmm. But I've they're definitely. both getting joy. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that smirk on a couple different people, and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> really? Right, and you and I have spoken about that on the hijacker programs. You can just tell by that smirk so often, it's a telltale sign that you are dealing with a hijackle. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they, they have a smirk when they think they've put one over on you. Mm -hmm. And we get to see that a lot on television. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so everybody out there, I know you're all thinking, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> that, so. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. What is the big number six? Okay. This is so obvious. They're often late and forgetful. Mm-hmm. So one way of driving people away when you're afraid to be in relationship with them in an honest relationship is to be thoughtless, inconsiderate, infuriating. And then to put the cherry on top of that, they suggest it's unrealistic to expect you to arrive on time or, in their words, think of everything. <laughs> right? So being chronically late is disrespectful of other people. Yeah. And supposedly forgetting to do what you've agreed to do is simply demonstrating your lack of trustworthiness. So who wants to be around that for very long? Right. Or forgetting what you talked about. Um, like I've had situations where it was like, well, you said we were going to do this today. And I was like, no, I actually never said that. 
<laughs> I never said that. Where are you getting this from? Oh, we talked about that. No, we didn't. So is that a form of forgetfulness or is that a strategy for playing no, a game? No, that, that, that's more uh, a power move for I'm afraid. You know, I one of two things happen. Either they sincerely don't remember because it scared them. Mm-hmm. because of the responsibility it engendered or, you know, displeasure or whatever. And the other piece is that by putting it off, in, they're again making a passive-aggressive move. Can I shove this down the road to make now, instead of having to deal with the issue that we're discussing, can we now talk about the fact that I don't remember that we talked about it before? Mm-hmm. So it's a way of just pushing it off a little further. Yeah. Now, I just thought of a situation where, you know, a long time ago, I dated someone who was constantly like future faking and would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take you here. We're going to travel there. Maybe um, next month for for this event, we're going to do this. And there was all this and none of it ever happened. Hi, Jackal. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Passive aggressive people respond to you. They don't set things up. Okay. Hijack will set you up. Hmm. That's a good identifier right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's kind of like vindictive. It's very vindictive. It's power. Mm-hmm. I think it's evil. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't bring myself to use that word, but I will say it's nasty. Yeah. The reason I don't use that word is it's had all kinds of connotations for all kinds of people with different belief systems. Well, sure. That's I a just good think point. it's nasty. It's just mm-hmm. nasty. And it's it's hurtful. hurtful. Yeah, there we go. See? Yeah, yeah. So let's dive into some of the ways to manage these behaviors, these passive aggressive behaviors. The six main ones. What do we do to either manage it or stop it? You gave one great example of trying to you know corner them into giving a clear answer if they're sending mixed messages. What are some other ways to help manage these behaviors? Well, let me. Let me say this, that I think you should always do your own work first in every circumstance and situation. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is to know who you are and what are your values and how are those values translated into boundaries that you have to clarify, express, and maintain. You have to know what's all right with you and what's not all right with you and find a way to tell someone that when they more than once violate it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? It is not okay for you to completely um, run away from the relationship and go dark on me or do the silent treatment whenever we have an argument. That is not okay with me. We need to communicate. Right. Now, you know, there's a whole conversation that we can have about ways to say those kinds of things, but that—that that is the gist of it. Like, I, I, I would put that in these terms. When I feel ready to communicate, willing to communicate, and want to solve a problem, and I find myself alone in that, it makes me wonder if this is a good place for me to be. Mm, that's powerful. See, that I believe, and in my book, Kaizen for Couples, there's two, two, two whole chapters on doing what I call the personal weather report. You don't know what's going on for another person. So to accuse or to do any of those things, especially in a a relationship that's fairly close, 
you just set yourself up for a problem, a further problem. But if you could talk about yourself, your own feelings, your own thoughts, your own wants, your own needs, and never say the word you, you are opening yourself to the possibility of better communication. Mm-hmm. The possibility, mm-hmm. because it may not always work. Well, um, the other piece of person may not be capable or willing. Right, exactly. And I like that you said this this approach of making it about you. I've done that where I'm like, hey, I'm just curious about something, and then asked a question and was blamed for being accusatory. When I hadn't accused of anything, I just asked, I asked a curious question. Well, that's interesting. That's a good thing you brought up because you're not responsible for anything more than your communication. So you be really clean with it. Like you said, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a question and here's my question. If you did that with conscious intention that I am curious about this and I would like to solve a problem or learn more and the other person says to you, you know, how dare you and you're accusing me of something and all of that. Learn from that because that other person finds your communication unacceptable, so they turn on you. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, you have to notice because you don't want to be around those people. Now, I don't want to make it sound like you don't want to be around people in general because, of course, there are lots of people who behave in in poor ways every now and again. I'm talking about the relentlessly difficult, the ones who usually behave in these ways. Yeah. You know, yeah. if if you're if it was your mother or your father, or it still is your mother or your father or your ex or your husband or your boss, deal with it. You you've got to be able to at least say what's going on for you in that circumstance. How do you deal with it if somebody's giving you that kind of backlash and you're just asking a simple question? Okay, well, in that situation where you say that you just want to ask a question and the other person says you're How accusing you me accuse of something, me. yeah. I would say, I am nowhere accusing anybody. I'm simply saying what's going on within me. And you can't possibly know what's going on within me unless I tell you. Mm-hmm. You still might not get good communication, which no. was what happened for me. I didn't get the kind of communication, open communication and kind communication that I had hoped for. <laughs> but then you learned about the other person that they don't have that gift to give you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to have a gift before you can give it. Mm. I, you just have to have it. So if I don't have respect for myself, I can't give you respect. Yeah. So then just learn about the other person. You know, it, it's not about you all the time. And I don't mean you, Michelle. I mean everybody. Yeah. When somebody else says, well, you're accusing me, don't go, oh, my goodness, am I accusing you? I'm not a very good person. That's not very nice. Oh, let me apologize. Well, that's what they're hoping for. Exactly. Because then they'll have power over you. But look at it and say, no, I sincerely wanted to ask a question. I recognize that you have the right to answer or not answer. I simply am putting my question out there. Yeah. And if the person reacts with full-on anger, flips out on you, um, probably not somebody you should continue to be around. Probably not. (laughs) What's another example, and maybe out of the work environment, of a passive-aggressive behavior and, and what you can do to stop it or manage it? Okay, say you're on a team that is um, doing a project, and everybody knows that Friday is the day we have to turn in our results. The passive-aggressive person doesn't do it. 
Now what do you do? Right? So first of all, if you know that there's a passive-aggressive person around, you set it up. You, you say clearly days before to the team, on Friday, we have all agreed, right, and get all the mm-hmms, mm-hmm. and that we will have the reports in. We need it because we need to collate the results on Monday or whatever, and that uh, this is the way we work together, and we've done it by agreement. Get agreement all the way around. Then when it doesn't happen, you go to the person and you say, we made an agreement, and everybody agreed to do it. I don't seem to have your your contribution to this. Then you listen to whatever it is, which is, well, I didn't have time, and this didn't happen, the other thing didn't happen. So then you have a teachable moment, and you say, all right, well, in that situation, could you please agree to tell me at least 24 hours beforehand if you cannot do what you've agreed to? Mm-hmm. So again, setting those boundaries. Yeah. And so the next time they don't do it, which they probably won't, uh, now you have two things. You have their agreement that they have contravened to do the project. Then you have the agreement that you made that they would tell you if they weren't going to do the project. And now you're, you have an opportunity to say, this is a pattern that is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Like often I work with, have worked, don't do it so much anymore just because it's not something that I advertise, but I, I have done a lot of work in companies where there are difficult people. And usually what happens, Michelle, is that because they're difficult and people don't know what to do with them, they work their way up in an organization. <laughs> a year or so ago, We talked was, about this actually with hijackals. They right. tend to get their flying monkeys and all these people to assist them to reach their, their top position and have full power. Yes, but and one of the reasons that that happens is that I don't want you around anymore, so I give you a lateral or a vertical transfer just to get out of my sight. <laughs> and so you pass the exa- you pass the, the passive aggressive or the hijackal person unwittingly up over time into positions of authority. Yeah, Ugh. and that that's a problem. Yeah. Because then they'll try to take over the entire business in a way that is probably not going to be best for everybody. Oh, probably not, because the only thing they're concerned about is what's best for them. Exactly. Wow. Can people who who ex- display these passive-aggressive behaviors, or even if they're full-blown hijackals, or maybe it's two different answers that I'm going to get for each of those, can they be helped? Can they, can they stop this behavior? Passive-aggressive people, yes. Hijackals, no. Wow. I have, I have several people in my practice right now, and I have people all over the world because I see my clients by video conference. And they've come to me and they've said, I believe, I've been told so many times I'm passive-aggressive, I need your help to understand what I'm doing. And when they can see it, and we can get to the underlying reason why they do it, they change. Mm-hmm. What you mentioned oftentimes comes from behaviors that were learned from the environment that they grew up in, if they had a tense household growing up and such, right? Absolutely. You know, on my radio show, the Relationship Help Show, this past week, I did a whole segment on a study done on what's called adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And 
to become passive aggressive or become a hijackal, you or to become hijackal bait also, you have to have had adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about blame the parents. It's about that was the situation. That was the soil in which you grew. So therefore, that's the composition that you have. Mm -hmm. And so once you recognize it and you say, I need different soil and different supplements, then you're wise if you go and get them. But if you spend your life defending the fact there's nothing wrong with me, then you won't make a change. And hijackals don't believe there's anything wrong with them because they're perfect. Mm -hmm. And passive aggressive people often grab a clue. They're not happy. They're kind of isolated and people tell them that they don't like the behavior and they feel lonely. So they often ask for help. Well, that's actually great to hear. Um, So I think (laughs) if I'm looking at some of the relationships from work or from personal that are coming to mind right now, I think I've dealt more with hijackals (laughs) because they do not see anything wrong with them. And they're like, I am who I am. That's generally the statement I get. That's right. And, you know, if you have a person in mind, whether it's yourself or someone else, and you want to find out if they're passive-aggressive, go to PassiveAggressiveChecklist.com. Hmm, that's a great resource. That's my checklist. It's free. You go there, you take, you take it, and if, if there is passive-aggressiveness showing up when, in your first score, then you get an email that says, here, take part two so you can learn more. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, and it's also free. So the whole awesome. thing is free, <laughs> but it. go to PassiveAggressiveChecklist.com and check it out. That's is great. this weirdness that I'm feeling, this discomfort, this sense of constant blame and shame and anxiety in our environment, is one of us being passive-aggressive? Well, go find out. Mm-hmm. PassiveAggressiveChecklist.com. Yeah. If they have a lot of siblings, will it take them longer to get there if they're constantly getting support for their poor behavior? Well, good question, Michelle. They're not actually getting support for their behavior. They're being enabled. And enabled. I think you might mean the same thing. I do. But they, they're being enabled usually by being ignored. Mm-hmm. And that's uncomfortable. So if, if they're feeling isolated and they have a large enough family where they can complain about the people who are isolating them all the time, maybe nobody will figure it out. But if usually when you start to feel isolated and you start to feel left out, you start to blame everybody for doing it to you. But if eventually you get the memo, then you might have the self-awareness and self-reflection to realize maybe I could do something different. Mm-hmm. So it may take a while. It will take a while, no matter which way it goes. It will take a while because think how long you've been doing it or how long you've been putting up with it. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a new grid, and that takes a while to install. Totally. All those skill sets that you have to do. So is the the help that passive aggressives can get mainly talk therapy, or are there other things that can be done as well? No, it's mainly talk therapy, and I'm not sure I like that term, but it sort of differentiates that from going and taking tests, I guess. Uh, (laughs) But you need to talk it out with somebody. Like Mm -hmm. often I say to people, especially the couples I work with, you're two goldfish and you can see each other, but you can't see yourself, you can't see the water, you can't see the bowl, and you can't see the environment outside of the bowl that's full of possibilities. That's why you go and get help. Yes. You know, I can see all of that. So if you want 
someone to have that perspective for you and hold that, then you need to go and get some help. Yeah. And likewise, at work, there are opportunities at work to get a manager involved and to help with any kind of disputes on a team and such. And if somebody, and this is a good question in my head too, if somebody refuses that outside assistance, that's not a good sign. That's a very bad sign. Yeah. Like we can, we can handle this ourselves. Mm, really? Yeah, let's just say something about that manager or that supervisor that you were hoping was going to be helpful. That's, that's only going to be the truth if that manager or supervisor is pretty well emotionally ordered themselves. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a huge other topic of emotional intelligence at work, which a lot of people don't have. That's right. So, you know, there are lots of people who can be very helpful. And then there are some that take sides and and increase make it worse our passive aggressive or hijackles themselves let's always remember and remind everybody one in 25 people is likely to have hijackal tendencies wow so therefore you know one we got to learn how to start raising our children differently <laughs> well it's really important it's exactly what you said but what's most important to learning how to raise our children differently is to be, do stop the cycle within ourselves first. Yeah. It always comes back to us to, as people. Like, you have to do the work on yourself. And th- only then can you be ready to work on everything else outside of you. Well, a, a woman on, on my radio show asked the question uh, last week. She said, how, how, do you, how do you stop, make sure that you're never with another hijackal? And I said, well, you're probably not going to like the answer because the answer is do your own work first. Yeah. If you're always looking at the other people and their part in things, you won't get there. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to do your own work. You have to be self-reflective. Yep. You have to be willing to be alone. And many people are a little bit a little bit skittish when it comes to being alone. Yeah. Well, just so that you know, I'm more than happy to be alone right now. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) And it's um, a very empowering thing when you're able to learn something from every situation. And that's how I've been approaching things over the last few years is like, what have I learned from this situation? What, What did I do that helped this dynamic occur? You know, what can I do differently next time? And it will also help me identify the partner a lot faster, whether it's a work partner, a project partner, or a love relationship. It'll help me identify these behaviors a lot sooner so that um, I can know how to manage my own communication in order to, to deal with it. Perfect. Yeah. Great insights. But you see, you didn't do that when you were 20, right? Mm-mm. Most people don't. And that's all part of the deal because our brain doesn't stop growing until we're in our early 20s. Right. So we're not all that self-reflective. But as soon as we sort of hit 30, 32, we start realizing that it's not all about me.com. <laughs> well, most people at 32. <laughs> I think some people it takes until like 55. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I have a Facebook group for people who are with hijackals, and there are many, many people in there, 55, 60, who spent 35 years with a hijackal. One woman wrote in there, until she found my group, she didn't know what was going on. Now she's getting a divorce. Wow. Information is power. 
and also a support system. Oh, yes. And that's why I have my Facebook group. It's clearly disguised. You know, if you know you're with a hijackle, go and find my Facebook group. It's called Optimized Life. Mm -hmm. And why is it called that? Because hijackles hack. Uh huh. Looking over your shoulder, or they're looking to see what was in your web browser history, and they'll see optimized life. They won't see how to handle a hijackle. Right. So great. <laughs> optimized life. I love it. I am part of the group. Everybody out there listening, I encourage you to join if you feel that you are dealing with a hijackle in your life. And obviously, pick up Dr. Shaler's books. You have a plethora of books, and you have another ebook coming out. Um, so do you want to tell us about some of those that you think are, are really pertinent to today's conversation? Sure. One of them is called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive-Aggressive Game. Then you can get The Hijackle Trap, The Truth About Passive Aggression and How to Stop It, and or The Hidden Anger of Passive Aggression, rather. Mm-hmm. And then there's Escaping the Hijackle Trap. We know that's really important, the truth about hijackles. Mm-hmm. So, so those are important. And you can always get my free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackal, at hijackles.com. And you spell that, hijackals.com. I love it. Your work has been so instrumental for me. And I thank you for taking time to come on here and share this with my listeners as well. And I really am inspired by everything that you're doing to help people because this is, it's everywhere. And it's just, it's very, very frustrating and difficult for so many people. And they just don't understand why they end up in these cycles. So I admire what you're doing to help people get out. Well, thank you. And thank you for sharing it with your audience because these are tough topics. And when you can say, here, let me, let me broadcast this because of your, <laughs> yes. your radio show. Uh, and some people who are sitting there have never thought there was a way out. Yes. Have never thought that that was a pattern because a hijackal and sometimes even a passive aggressive person will always be blaming you, always be calling you from the herd, always make everything your fault, and you will accept it. And if you've been accepting it, now's the day to stop. Stop. Yes, and it is empowering. And I got to tell you, um, I encourage you to please go to Dr. Shaler's website for relationshiphelp.com. I'll put the link in the show notes as well to hijackles.com so you could get that free ebook and, um, and more about her radio show as well so that you can uh, stay in tune with her latest episodes. And please, if you are experiencing a very difficult relationship right now, if this episode has opened your eyes to anything, if you're more curious, if you feel like you want to talk to somebody, Reach out to Dr. Shaler, join the Facebook group, Optimize Life. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing back from all of you. And um, hopefully we've helped some of you today. Dr. Shaler, thank you again. You're awesome. Thank you, Michelle. You're fearless. (laughs) Yes, I am. Proud. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.